Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Keppel Corp pivoting to clean energy. GameStop, where is its rally likely to lead? Gold, looks like it's on course for its worst performance in a decade. Quasho Technology and Singapore Exchange. In our sites this morning, this is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. I speak with expert investors on this show. Uh, we draw the line between macro news and what you're seeing happening in your portfolio, for example. Jacob Du, CIO of Envision Wealth Management, joining us to share his in Insights on the show. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks All right. I'm doing really well. Great to speak with you. I wonder, have you been monitoring this GameStop saga? Yes, it has been. It's such a comic looking at it. Ah, yes. Uh, well, I'm keen to hear what you have to say. So for the listener, a little bit of GameStop uh, background. Uh, GameStop is a loss-making brick-and-mortar video game retailer. They've captivated the attention of retail investors all of last week, caused some hedge funds shorting the company a lot of money. Its shares for GameStop up an incredible 1,600% since the beginning of the year. Now, the latest twist to the story is that uh, Robinhood and um, some Singapore broker as well have curbed trade in GameStop. Um, not just GameStop, but shares of headphone maker Costs, cinema chain AMC, a lot of other names on this Reddit list of investors over at Wall Street Bets. So my question to you um, is, what do you make of these curbs by the brokerages, Jacob? Fair, not fair? Well, the thing is that... Um for the general broad um, brokerages, um, what they're doing itself is just to protect their position because they are providing, this platform actually providing the leverage for the retail investor to get in. So if you notice exactly what these guys are generally doing, they provide a margin and at the same time, and some of these retail investors are buying call options. And that in fact is creating a um, multiplier effect in how this stock is moving. So in order to make sure that the ultimate position that they have will not in into their balance sheet and cause a loss for the brokerage firms, it's only fair for the brokerage firms to do what they're doing. But having said that, of course, if you look at, say, what Robin Hood has done, I mean, there's been a you know, suspected conflict of interest, judging from the fact that um, they're you know, they also owned by another hedge fund and things like that. If you look at the broader picture of what's happening also is that, um, you know, is it really fair to penalize all these return investors? Generally, it's not. So, which means the market should be free to do what they want. Only thing is that, you know, the rules has got to be clearer. Mm, because, I mean, what they're doing is restricting investors' ability to trade in volatile stocks, changing the rules midstream, so to speak. Um, what, where, do you see, where do you see GameStop going, Jacob? Well, as long as... See, the, the, game, the reason behind GameStop, how we first started, is because um, the guy who became a legend now... He was the one who actually said that uh, he has invested in GameStop. And um, a, a hedge fund manager um, said that, come on, um, you must be kidding me. This company is not making any money now. And, you know, the various reasons, and you should be getting out of this position itself. So since then, there's been a tussle initially at the individual levels. But the guy refused to give up, and he started putting on, the, you know, on social media to talk about his position, his rationale, and, and things like that. So then that created even much more interest among all the retail investors. And 
coming into this year itself eventually became a stage where it's like um, for the longest time, the retail investors have been pretty upset with how the hedge fund managers or so-called professionals have been treating them. Because all this while, it has always been the professional investors supposed to be the smarter guy. Right, so when it comes to retail investors, when they get into a particular stock itself, that's probably the tail end of things, and that's probably the guidance in the past. So now the situation has changed because this guy's now I'm going to take on the fund managers and prove that they are wrong, and this is exactly what we're seeing the effect of that. So this guy that you say behind it all, who are you talking about? Who's that? Um, let me try to recall his name at this point. You're talking about Ryan Cohen, right? I mean, Ryan Cohen became a billionaire because of that Reddit thread. No, no, it's not Ryan Mm. Cohen. I I can't recall the guy's name for now, but he was the initial angel investor in it. Okay, so what do you think broadly, I mean, if we look broadly beyond GameStop, what do you think is the fate of companies that have been pushed up by the Reddit crowd? Can they maintain these highs or are they going to come back down to earth? Well, I don't Dude. think the sustainability is going to be there. But any of the is that you know what what's dangerous is that the retail investors are now looking for stocks where the hedge fund manager has shorted. So in other words, what they're doing is they're trying to change the entire profile of the game, where essentially they're moving away from just traditional fundamentals. If you have seen the entire last year, a lot of companies uh, have not been trading based on fundamentals. And that's the main worry for most, um, I will say, traditional investors. Um, if you look at the broader market, it has come down since last week. And uh, whatever the upside they have gained for the start of the year has already been wiped out. But for specifically for companies like this, where it's heavily shorted by the hedge funds, the retail investors are pushing them up uh, tremendously. So when the curves came in uh, focusing on silver, now they're focusing on AMC. They're mm. focusing on all the companies that not really, you know, fundamentally are not doing well. Mm. And that's where the difficulty and the problem is going to come in. Now, how long is that going to be sustainable? At the end of the day, it's going to be, will these retail investors have the ability to sustain the margin positions? If they are, there's no reason for the brokerage themselves to remove that ability for these retail investors to take on the hedge fund managers. Wow. All right. Great to have an opinion there. He is Jacob Dew. He is Chief Investment Officer of Envision Wealth Management, joining us live. I want to bring it a little closer to home now. When we look at Keppel Corp, the world's largest offshore rig builder, doing quite a pivot to clean energy. What a radical reboot. It says it's doing this because the sting of the oil crash has led to its offshore and marine unit posting record losses of $1.19 billion dollars for 2020. So what do you think this do-over is going to mean for investors? How have they reacted, in your opinion? Well, I would say that um, what Capital is trying to do right now is to see the global trend. Because if you see, notice, ever since this pandemic started and the sudden and uh, focus on ESG specifically, um, capital will have to move in that direction because otherwise the cost of doing business is going to be extremely high, not only because they have to you know, manage their process, but at the same time, um, banks increasingly will be penalizing companies for not adopting uh, the standards. The issue is that um, they, I have to think, they have to think of a medium-term plan to a longer-term plan to how to transform the business right now. Um, of course, um, with the the move could be in anticipation of the carbon credits tax that the Singapore government may impose sometime in the future, but that would mean that in, going forward, the 
suppliers and the companies who is actually doing business with capital will have got to step up as well and increase the cost on trying to meet those standards. The other difficulty that's facing the entire industry right now is that there's no uh, globally accepted standards of measurements. So which means that if you would look certain ESG and we're going to go through a checkbox exercise, that easily can be done. But would that be accepted by you know the banks themselves who will say that fine, if you meet certain standards, then you know we will consider those and perhaps you'll get it easier in terms of funding wise and things like that. So that could be another alternative for capital where if they want to raise funds, they can do it through the capital markets by green bonds. But then again, they have got to prove to the banks and even to the, the um, investors in general that they have meet those ESG standards. Fantastic overview. Thank you, Jacob. Keppel is the world's largest rig builder. What do you think its exit of the rig business means for our offshore and marine sector here in Singapore? Well, I think it's the first step to the right in the right direction because eventually you can look at the the entire landscape itself. Everyone is moving towards clean energy. The amount of investments dedicated to this specific area of development has been tremendous. Um, increasingly, in our private equity discussions with some of the uh, hedge funds in some of the families around the world, we're seeing a lot of uh, focus and new investments in areas like quantum computing and uh, advanced technology in water treatment and even enhancing you know, various um, energy uh, within the earth. Say, for example, there's a company in in United States mm. that has been building a certain, um, I'll say certain pipelines around the earth's core and that's how they will then generate electricity through that. And the investment in that is extremely uh, huge. But the application of that right now remains to be seen because then they have already developed the prototype and it's been in use in the United States. It has not gone around the world just yet. Wow, giving us a glimpse of the possible future. Jacob Dew, uh, CIO of Envision Wealth Management there. Do you think investors need to be looking at ESG as a very important theme for 2021 and beyond? Well, I would certainly think so because the banks themselves, the investment banks, have already taken the lead on this one. Um, and increasingly, it has been putting a lot of, um, I would say, the standards on investors and for any borrowers if they want to seek that that area of uh, funding. Uh, as it is right now, you can see that even for the coal industry, a lot of banks have been pulling out. So they have stopped providing any lending, any loans to companies that's doing coal business. Uh, for the existing agreements, they will fulfill that to maturity, but there won't be any new ones. That will force a lot of these companies, traditional companies that use traditional methods, uh, will have to rethink their process in order to meet those standards. Mm, all right. Coming back to Keppel Corporation, after that, they unveiled that radical reboot, Keppel Corp shares sank to a two-month low on Friday, sinking to about $5.06 Friday. Let's see where it's trading at now. Keppel Corporation this morning at 10.16 on the clock at $4.82, down 3.79%. You're with me here on Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin speaking with Jacob Dew, CIO of Envision Wealth Management. Let's talk about Quay Show. My goodness, a thousand two hundred times oversubscribed. Tencent back Quasho technology has wrapped its first mega IPO of the year. Did so on Friday. Final offer price 115 Hong Kong dollars per share. Top of the range. So Quasho is a short video platform and it's now set the record as the most oversubscribed deal ever in Hong Kong. Your reaction to, um, 
the investors and you know what how they welcome Quasho's IPO? Well, I would say that it helps to maintain the equity euphoria that we're seeing in the equity markets, especially in, in Hong Kong, China itself. Um, if you really look at the business model of this company, they're trying to diversify the revenue streams, but the outcome still remains to be seen. Um, with the current uh, video um, short videos uh, application that they have, they have already inquired about 200 million users, all concentrated only in China. They have not gone internationally. So I would suspect that the entire exercise is more about building the war chest to make acquisitions on companies whose business and products will complement what they do eventually. But at least for now, they do not face the same problems as their larger rival ByteDance has been facing. So I would say, yes, watch this space. But for anyone who's been investing or intend to invest in this particular stock, I would say, look, if the share price has gone up within, you know, say, within first few days where it has gone up to at least a double digit or even triple digit return, get out because it's short on play for now. Mm, all right. Fantastic to hear. Meanwhile, let's pivot to SGX. Singapore Exchange posted a 12% increase in net profit for the first six months ending December. Its equities business supported by its expanded Asian derivative products and higher trading activities. So, Good news for the Singapore Exchange. At the same time, though, we are seeing reports of more companies considering going private, which presumably is not so good for the Singapore Exchange. What is your take on the SGX? Well, if, if I want to compare them with Hong Kong Exchange, well, it, that's a lot of comparison. So here, you know, let me begin with the comparison first and then okay. I'll highlight exactly the problems and what the possible solution might be. If year-to-date performance was up 75 so last Friday, whereas Hong Kong exchange has gone up by 17% year-to-date, it has only one major billion-dollar IPO, whereas Hong Kong is multiple. Right? And it, it relies heavily on derivative business to generate revenue, which is not difficult for other exchanges to replicate. If you look at the pilot of potential IPOs, Hong Kong definitely has more. Right? If you look regionally itself, the market cap in Thailand is even larger than SGX as well. Therefore, as an attraction, some companies may feel that they will not be able to achieve high uh, multiple P multiples on SGX compared to the regional markets. So then the question becomes, is it a problem of SGX or is it a broader issue at hand? So the common reason for companies to do this or going private on from SGX is because they could not achieve high valuations for the company. Separately, also, they do not have, there's no breath in the single stock market. It's highly concentrated on three local banks and a few corps, like Jardine Flemings. Um, you know, capital and the rest. So as for Hong Kong, the breadth is wide. You have got very big companies in each different sectors. So what can SGX do from here? Well, I would say that perhaps what it can do is to enlist the help of Tomasek or even GIC to entice major foreign companies to list here instead because those two, our two you know, big brothers, have been uh, investing in many major companies around the world especially in, in the Hong Kong and China space as well. So at the same time, maybe having a deep discussion with the influential players and build an ecosystem to facilitate activities that go beyond just stock listing. Because we are seeing a lot of um, companies that will tap into the various aspects of um, the entire process, not just when the company go for listing. Recently, SGX announced about SPACs. Yes, it's, that's good. It's, that's a good step. But it has got to develop a private equity market leading to the listing on the exchange itself. It's very robust in Hong Kong compared to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Singapore has been pretty dead in, in this specific area on the private equity space itself. 
Um, so it's been very tough for in anyone considering Singapore itself. The second thing is that the bureaucracy should be reduced and they should make use of this opportunity since there are a lot of fund managers, state investment firms and even family offices relocating to Singapore. Have a conversation with all these various parties to, you know, to show the case to them exactly what is it attractive about enlisting in Singapore, how to, you know, the, they can be helped in the process on investments. And of course, finally, perhaps what I just consider is to establish a Singapore-China stock connect, enhance the visibility of Singapore companies to the Chinese investors. Wow, great ideas there, Jacob. Thank you so much. I see this is a passion area for you. Now, in this morning, silver is all over the place. Silver prices jumping this morning. Retail sites overwhelmed with demands for bars and coins over the weekend. We talked about it a little bit earlier, actually, this unprecedented demand for silver because of the Reddit crowd. But we have gold on our agenda with you, Jacob. So gold edging lower after the Federal Reserve said, you know, after their first meeting, we're keeping monetary policy unchanged, still committing to that $120 billion per month bond buying target and still um, looking towards further progress on their employment and inflation goals of about 2%. So gold hasn't had a spectacular start to 2021. Do you expect, what do you think this means for the wider market? Well, the, as of the end of last year, quite a number of banks have been pretty bullish on gold and they have set pretty high price targets I'm not too bullish on that front. Mm. Um, the reason is because, see, traditionally the goal has been going up because of a weak dollars. Mm. Now, that would probably provide a support, but more important is because if the U.S. economy is weak, right now the world is expecting a stimulus to be passed. Now, it may not necessarily be the stimulus package that Biden would like to be, but at least there's a stimulus package, a fiscal stimulus package. Right. Now, that will provide a certain support level. The, the thing is that um, it will not bring gold any higher because the economy from the U.S. side is expected to strengthen from here on. So the expert is expectations. So on the downside, there's, there's a limit because then overall dollars will continue to be weakened because of what's happening right now in the United States because you have to have the twin deficits with what the you know, division divisiveness that's happening around, around there. The world is not confident that the U.S. is able to handle the situation anytime soon. So I would say that for the rest of this year, I would think that gold is going to be range trading. Of course, I mean, having said that, if the hedge fund managers decide to short gold, and then you see, you know, the Robin Hood guys, everybody coming in to push gold up, like the way they were pushing silver right now, then it definitely will get out of the range. Goodness me. How significant is this whole Robin Hood phenomena? You know, what they're doing with GameStop to you? Is it history making? I mean, from your vantage point of how markets work, the push and pull levers, you know, is what is happening with GameStop and Reddit sort of changing the way you look at what could happen with commodities, with metals, for example? Well, I would prefer to go on a fundamental basis overall. Mm. But of course, you know, having seen exactly what the retail investor is capable of doing right now, it certainly creates a distortion of how investment managers should be looking at how, you know, their portfolio itself. So definitely, if you're going to be on the long side, you're fine. Right, but right. the fact is that if you look at the fundamentals, it's strictly based on fundamentals. It's going to be very tough because then, more often than not, you'll be proven wrong. Especially over the last twelve months, you've seen uh, companies that's not been really doing well that's been going up. So definitely, the influence from this sector is going to be high. But how sustainable that's going to be? Mm. Well, I do not think that you know, this is going to be sustainable. Uh, frankly, because 
look, um, if you look around the market, yes, a lot of copycats are happening right now. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of fellas doing it in Thailand. There's another group of fellas doing it in India. Even <laughs> Malaysia, yeah. Even Malaysia as well. Mm-hmm. So now increasingly, you see a lot of retail investors trying to replicate what's being done in the United States. Mm-hmm. So the issue is that, you know, like I said, it, 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 the, the issue is how long, I mean, how much money does all these retail investors have to maintain the margin position? Mm-hmm. Because now it's a battle between who has stronger muscle. So if the, the retail investors does not have the ability to top up those margin calls when it comes, then it's going to be game over for them. So it's not going to be sustainable overall. But for a broader perspective, then it's are the regulars going to come in to make sure there's a level playing field? Because then now you're talking about a fundamental issue around it, whether you know, the, it, it's a right to, to, it's not to put in regulation to police all these retail investors, or are we going to continue to allow all these uh, hedge fund managers to short sell a company and to, you know, to really cause distress on the company, which is not fair, because then you're talking about, you know, is this considered as a, this, uh, a, 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 this distortion of the entire fundamentals for the company? So it's not going to be fair to the company as well. A lot of issues raised. You've shared some real gems with us, Jacob. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. He's Jacob Dews. CIO of Envision Wealth Management joining me live right here on Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.